The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voice. Voices of Search podcast. Today, we're going to discuss a little content marketing strategy. Joining us is James Shearer, who is the VP of Growth at Codeless.io, which is a content marketing agency that works with unicorns like Monday.com, Nextivia to dominate categories with content marketing at massive scale. And today, James and I are going to talk about the post and pillar content marketing method. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash AWT. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with James Shearer, the VP of Growth at Codeless. James, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Thank you much for having me, Ben. Looking forward to this. Excited to have you as our guest. Excited to hear a little bit about your strategies for content marketing. We're all kind of in the content marketing game. For me, it's audio content. Obviously, you you being a growth and SEO specialist, focusing a little bit more on the text-based stuff. But I'm, I'm curious to hear a little bit about the post and pillar method. We've heard some of this from sort of HubSpot's methodology, but I'd love to hear what you think post and pillar is when it comes to content marketing. For sure. Okay. So it's a strategy that I've been kind of playing around with for the past couple of years. So I've been in the kind of content strategist role at Codeless since 2019. And before then, I was in-house at a tech startup and we were just publishing content not at random, but like we knew the subject matter that we wanted to cover and we just wrote content on it in general. And when I moved to an agency, I wanted to bring a methodology to the fore that we could kind of implement across multiple verticals and multiple kind of industry, uh, like business stages and kind of no matter what kind of who we're working with, I wanted to like say, this is how we do things. So kind of it originated 
it's not, I'm not the only one who talks about the pillar and post method. So let me talk instead about kind of how I do it and how it kind of, how I put it together. The idea behind it is that we get a new client or anybody who wants to do content determines the three to five categories of content that they want to be kind of seen for. And if I'm talking about an early stage business, it's okay, let's identify what you want to be found for and let's create kind of content pillars within each category. And then support all of those pillars with relevant category-oriented support content. So three to five content or categories of content, three to five pillars per category, and 15 to 25 support pieces of content per category as well. So let's run through those numbers one more time. Yeah. You're going to cover your post content. No, it's your pillar content. Well, it's kind of both. Essentially, it's identifying 100 pieces of content a year. You're going to come up with three to five topics that are your priority topics. And then you're going to create post content for that. And then so you're going to create pillar content for them and supplemental post content. Am I getting the sort of nomenclature right? Yeah. Three to five categories of content. If say, say I'll give you an example. If I'm, if I'm in project management, I do project management software. My three categories might be project management in general, productivity in general as a category, and task planning or task management individual tasks, productivity, and project management, three categories. Within each category, I have three to five pillars of content. Pillars being my high search volume or high monthly volume searches, uh, high competitiveness, kind of the pie in the sky search terms that if I rank for, I'm happy and I can go to sleep confident that I'm doing my job well. So then I need 15 to 25 support searches or support topics that link internally to those pillar pieces. So I write the pillar pieces first, and then I create the support content that does internal backlinks to the pillar pieces. The idea being that over time, I'll support them to a ranking position. Okay, so I'll use my other podcast, the MarTech podcast, as an example. I want to rank for the keyword MarTech. And so my pie in the sky is ranking number one for MarTech, but that's obviously an uphill battle. So I'm going to create pillar content that is marketing technology, MarTech podcast, and technology-driven marketing or something along those lines. Or And then I'm going to create categories within them that I'm basically creating individual pages for and trying to feed all the link juice through internal linking up to those higher priority categories. Exactly. Okay. I guess the big question for me is when you're thinking about what content you're creating, you've got your categories. You know, I have the example I used is the MarTech podcast homepage. Am I putting the most content on that page? And then I have my pillar content, which also has a decent amount of content and then less on the individual pages. Or are you writing these longer pages? Like, where are you putting the effort into producing the most highly ranking content? Do you have to have sort of the anchor pages, the category pages being the ultimate resource for that category in terms of SEO? Or can you just pass those on to sort of, I don't know, aggregation pages that show the value of all the other stuff you've produced? Yeah. So let me back up a little bit. The category isn't a single page. The category is just like the category holds organizationally my pillars and posts. That's all it is. So my pillars are what I'm investing heavily into and the support pieces I'm investing perhaps a little bit less into each individual piece of content 
that's supporting the pillars. I'll use the the MarTech podcast again as an example. The MarTech podcast homepage is the primary page. We have category pages, so B2B marketing, where we wrote a 2,000-word blog post on B2B marketing, and that links to all of the individual podcasts that have show notes and quotes and descriptions that link into the category. So we've got smaller short-form content at volume feeding into a category aggregation page, which then lives in the obviously the top-level domain. Are we doing it right? Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Within the long-form content space, it's a little bit different because we don't, I don't tend to talk about like aggregating the links in a single destination or even having like a parent URL. They are all post URLs, some of which I'm investing more into and some less. The pillars are posts, which is, I recognize is confusing. They're blog posts that I've invested heavily into designed to target a high volume search term that is high competition and high difficulty. So the structure is all within the blog subdirectory as I'm seeing it, as I'm talking about it. Now, can the pillar and post model be used for like non-blog growth? Absolutely. The idea, and it would work similar to how you're talking about, the idea is the creation of a high volume of pretty good quality support content that focuses its attention from a link perspective on a single URL. So whatever that URL is, because kind of beside the point, from a content growth and traffic perspective, I focus on driving energy towards those pages that are targeting high volume search terms. Because if I can get a ranking position for those search terms, then I'm driving significant traffic. There's a metaphor that you have a nice house plant behind you. And so this is what's driving me to this metaphor is when you think about growing a plant, you're watering the plant and the earth around the plant. But really what you have to do is get the resources and the hydration to the bottom of the roots, right? And to me, those are your post pages that are sucking up all of the long tail stuff that's sucking up all the juice and then passing it upwards to the plant. So the roots the stem and the leaves and hopefully the flowers and fruit are are all getting the nutrition. So basically what this sounds like to me is a bottoms up approach to SEO where you're creating a fair amount of shorter form content, longer tail content that you think you can rank for and you're trying to pass all of the link equity you're getting from those pages being highly ranked pages to more priority pages. It's not just focusing on writing the ultimate resource for one of your category pages. You're truly focusing on passing link juice through the posts to the pillar pages. Yeah. And actually the analogy works really well because the idea is, and from a structural perspective, I want to plant that seed. It's just going to become a high ranking URL down the line. I want to plant that seed early. And that's why I get my pillars indexed as soon as possible. And then once it's planted, I water it and we make the roots, the support content, as healthy as they can be because there's no way that the seed's ever going to do anything unless the roots are strong. So, and this is anybody who's familiar with, with kind of planting, it actually works quite well because the idea behind, behind like seed trays and that kind of thing is that you only kind of put out the plants that have strong root systems and you pluck out the ones that don't. So the idea behind this is that we're investing in developing strong root systems that pass significant link juice to the seed in order for that seed to actually succeed. What also works with that is that it takes a while. We're talking about watering a plant pot or whatever, and it takes weeks, if not months, for any of that kind of 
the effort and the resources that we're putting into it for us to actually see any kind of return, which is, of course, SEO in its heart. SEO is not a short-term response game, right? We're not performance marketing. It takes time to cultivate organic growth channels. So time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Talk to me about the opposite of this post and pillar method. And if you're building short form content that you're passing link equity to primary to more priority pages to try to grow from the bottoms up, is there a top down approach that is, I don't know, effective in some channels and less effective in others? Can you just write the world's greatest, the Bible, and put it on the MarTech podcast and have one page that just outranks everything? You know, where does this strategy fall down or is this universally adopted by everyone? I think this this is universally adopted by everyone because at its heart, what we're talking about is creating a content strategy that has clear intention. If every article we're writing, we know why we're writing it, what it's supposed to be doing, what it's targeting from an internal like strategy perspective. So I know whenever I create a new post, it is within X category targeting this pillar piece and the writer and the editors know and keep that at the forefront of the writing process and the creation process and the publication process. So it's hard, it's simply about intention. It's about creating a content strategy with intention. The opposite is not doing that. The opposite is just saying like, we're in the project management space or we're in the, the MarTech podcasting space and we just like publish all of the topics that we think any of our prospects might be interested in reading. We just do all of them the same and we don't link them with any intention to each other. We just publish content because we know we're supposed to publish eight pieces of content this month or whatever it is. The idea behind this is every piece has a reason it's published and every piece has a direction it's kind of uh, driving, linking equity to with a clear purpose in mind behind everything. I think my takeaway from this is that the post and pillar methodology is really an exercise in prioritization, right? Understanding what you're likely to rank for mostly when you're a new domain or or you're trying to break into a new market. But it's an exercise in internal linking, right? It's uh, the strategy behind this is understanding 
how we can pass the value we can get from Google for keywords that are potentially less competitive, right? Not your head terms, maybe not even your belly terms, but your tail terms start to aggregate some value, show Google that you have a reputation, and then you're passing that equity up the chain to start to grow as we use the metaphor, your stem, your flowers, your fruit. Talk to me a little bit about the cost associated with this and what's the volume of content you need. I guess it's cost, volume, and time to build a pillar and post methodology effectively. The answer to that question is always going to be publish as much great content as you can all the time, every month. <laughs> That's a better answer than it depends, but I want, I want the real answer. I understand. The content plan that I create for the majority of our clients has them doing 100 pieces a year, give or take. About eight pieces a month and three categories of content as well. Each piece is between 1,500 and 2,500 words. And each one of them is, has heavy investment from a great writers who know what they're talking about, uh, custom graphic designed images, an emphasis on formatting, and the utilization of a lot of different software that allows us to create a, stand, a high standard of content at scale. So if we're doing eight pieces of content a month, we're publishing our seven or not, say, say 10 pillars across all three categories in the first quarter or in the first two months, really, and then supporting them effectively over the next kind of couple quarters. After Q2, say that we're all we're starting this January 1st and we're, we're, we're rolling on it. We're publishing all of our pillars in the first month and a half, and then we're supporting them with support content as we go. At the end of Q2, you do a significant report where you look exactly at where everything is and where everything's ranking. And then you identify, is there anything that seems... Which one of our categories seems to be working better than any other? And then you double down on that category. So while you have topics for the others, you emphasize the publication of support content within the category that seems to be naturally clicking with Google. So why do you focus on launching all of your pillar content early and at once and starting to build them all at the same time, as opposed to focusing on launching content around one pillar, establishing that with the support content, and then moving to the next pillar? Why is it basically focusing on three different categories of content at once and having three pieces of supplemental content per category instead of just doing 10 pieces of content focused on one topic? Because... I've been in this business for a long time and I feel like I know what I'm doing relatively well. And still, I don't know which of those categories is naturally going to click with Google. And so I want to throw as much possibility into the black hole that is SEO and see what sticks. And I can only know that if I publish concurrently. So the other side of this, along with like giving yourself as much opportunity for success as possible, is simply the fact that Google rewards kind of a URL or a domain having credibility within a space. So if you're able to publish and build that credibility up over time, you're going to have a higher chance of ranking those pillar pieces down the line. So getting them up, getting them indexed, and then putting energy into building credibility through support content and whatever else you're doing is going to give you a higher chance of ranking seriously competitive key phrases. Okay, so you want to get your content established as quickly as you possibly can. You're starting to build supplemental link juice that you're passing back up. You mentioned, hey, for a year, you're going to publish 100 pieces of content. Let's use a round number and say every piece of content is going to cost a thousand bucks. 
That's $100,000. How much time does it take to start showing value and being able to measure ROI on that type of investment? And what are the talking and broad strokes, the returns you see from this type of investment in content? So let me give you an example. So we have, or a case study, we have a client who it's taken them doing this exact model that I created. Uh, They went from not having a blog when they first joined us in September of 2020. We started publishing content kind of that fall, early into 2021. And they're now at 55,000 unique monthly visitors ongoing. And they're growing at about 75% month on month. So that's kind of the trajectory that I have seen literally seen and can verify that trajectory for, for one of our clients. That type of traffic, 55,000 unique visitors, remembering that we're talking about high-intent search terms exclusively, we're identifying categories that are have some top-of-funnel key phrases that we're targeting for sure, but are core searches that they would otherwise be driving PPC a budget towards. So it's kind of entirely up to you, you and your business and your business model, but what is 55,000 high-intent visitors worth to you? And what's crazy about this, this strategy and content in general, as we all know, is that if they invested that money in those content pieces, if it's $1,000 per piece, that's the investment. And sure, they're optimizing it. And I recommend people optimize your content on a, six, on a three to six month basis of just going in and making sure everything's tidy. But it's ultimately the cost of that is complete. It is ranking on the first page of Google for high intent, high volume search terms, and it will continue to do so for a long time unless you mess something up or unless the algorithm changes massively, which it's very rare that the algorithm changes so intensely that a high ranking domain just stops ranking for anything. Whereas PPC, if you cut that budget, you stop paying for that thing, you're done. I think that the easy math here is, okay, we've seen brands generate 50,000 unique visitors by investing $100,000 into content marketing. That's a $2 CPC. You're getting 50,000 visitors per month at $100,000, two bucks. But the reality is that it's dramatically less than that because that 50,000 visitors per month is monthly visitors and you own the content. And so that's 50,000 visitors each sequential month. So you're starting to drive incremental traffic and driving the cost of acquisition down. So if you're taking a snapshot of investment and number of visitors at the end of the term, yeah, you're looking at a $2 CPC, which in most businesses is very competitive. But you're also not considering the next month you're getting 50,000 visitors for free. And that to me is the key thing to think about when you're highlighting the value of content marketing. If you could do it right, you don't have to pay for it over time. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with James Shearer, the VP of Growth at Codeless. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, James and I are going to continue the conversation and talk about an SEO case study using monday.com. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about James, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is J-D-S-E-H-E-R-E-R, or you could visit his company's website, which is codeless.io. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. 
For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast, podcast feed. We're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data, 